Welcome to the Success Fundamentals Podcast, where we will be interviewing people who have reached greatness in their respective fields and get an insider's view on what it takes to get to the top. Our aim is to uncover their deepest motivations, beliefs, and methods to achieving success so we can all gain wisdom from their experiences. Please welcome your hosts, Christopher Sykes and Brian Goldsack. Welcome to another episode of Success Fundamentals. I'm your co-host, Chris Sykes. I am Brian Goldsack. And we have a special guest for you today. So Mark Malik, dear friend of mine, super intelligent. Uh, his story is fantastic, but I just wanted to kind of give you a rundown of, of who this person is that we have on the show. First of all, Mark has been in real estate or has built his real estate empire for the past 20 plus years. He's also super smart. He uh, has a double MBA um, from two of the most prestigious business schools out there, um, the London Business School and Columbia's Business School in New York mm -hmm. City. Um, a fun fact, which you didn't know, fun fact about Mark. Mark uh, was an improv comedian, so we're definitely going to get into that uh, a, a little bit. But Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for, for you know, taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Well, thanks for having me. A pleasure. Absolutely. So, Mark, like I said before, you were you were in you've been in real estate for a long time now. Well, how how did you get started on this journey? It, yeah, it's it's an interesting story. Um, yeah, I, I always had a great love and affection for architecture. Um, and uh, real estate as, uh, as, as a whole. Um, you know, my, my family was uh, a little bit involved in real estate. And, um, you know, even as a young person, I was uh, pushing them to make certain investments and, uh, you know, this sort of thing. You know, when, when I went to college, um, I was like, oh, you're going to be paying so much for the dorm and to feed us. And, you know, why don't we buy a property and then you'll, you'll make a profit off of that. And, hmm. um, all that came exactly true. And, uh, you know, it's something that always been in the back of my head and, um, you know, just something I, I, I really loved. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't get to be um, involved in real estate transactions and investing kind of on a direct path. Um, you know, I, I studied theater. Um, I was uh, had a great love of the arts and um, had uh, started working in the arts or trying to work in the arts. And, you know, I, I think is which is uh, true of, of many artists. Um, it's often very difficult to make a living to have the kind of life that you want. And um, it was a it was a very kind of natural segue um, into real estate and just the amount of interesting problems that I could help solve um, the the amount of um, you know kind of dynamics that you have when you're working with different clients and the the real the real thing that kind of really hooked me into real estate is you know people need us you know um, it's an industry where you can get really taken if you're not treated properly if you mm -hmm. don't have somebody that kind of understands how to, you know, go about um, the process to vet um, the purchases, to vet the um, investment potentials that are involved um, with this. 
Um, there are so many pitfalls. Um, there's so many charlatans out there. And as somebody who has a, a, a supremely um, you know, strong ethical compass, I was struck with you know, how much I really felt like that world needed me. Hmm. And, you know, you know, you're, you're learning the business, you're trying to understand there's the stakes are really, really high for these people. The transactions are life changing. And, you know, I, I think it's very fun when you're watching these you know, shows on TLC, you know, uh, you know, house hunters and, you know, they're, they're, they're fun. But the, the interesting thing about real estate transactions is that they correlate with life changes. You know, people are not just going to buy real estate for the sake of buying real estate. They are buying real estate because they need more room for an extra child that's on the way. The, people buy real estate as part of a, you know, in, in Brooklyn, we see this as a prelude to marriage. Sometimes it's after marriage. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's very interesting that, um, you know, and, and even on the sell side, you know, people sell for a variety of reasons. You know, I've, I've done listing presentations where people have wept. You know, um, one that comes to mind, which I, I will never forget, is when I asked the woman, I said, and, and why are you selling? And she broke down and she said, well, my husband has gotten, you know, he's struggled with his health for many years. Um, you know, his, his, his kidneys had been a, a great problem. And now he's been diagnosed with a heart problem. And, you know, it, 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 looks, it looks like it's terminal. And, you know, this, these moments where, yes, you know, you're moving money around. You know, you're helping people apply for financing. You're giving them, you know, four walls. Um, you know, in, in, in New York City, very, I, I, I like to joke, I'm a box salesman. You know, a box mm -hmm. for the bedroom, a box <laughs> for the living room. And, and, and you have your, your bathroom. Um, and, but it, it's so much more than that. Um, these are, you know, uh, uh, this, is, this was the effort on, on both of them to kind of, um, you know, settle things and to make sure that things were kind of protected for, you know, their descendants. And, you know, it was, I mean, it just struck you how the stakes are just so high and the amount of money that is kind of flying around is it's, 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 it's life changing as well. And, you know, I never thought about it. And, uh, you know, you know, there, there's talk of people, you know, saying, oh, you know, all our all our jobs are going to be automated in many years or, you know, uh, you know, I can I, I we, we won't need real estate agents. But when you're managing transactions of that size, you know, these are the biggest assets that people own. And I mean, do you just want to leave it to a machine or do you want somebody a, a living, breathing human being who has a fiduciary obligation to you, who must be accountable. Um, do you want somebody like that managing the transaction? And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, when people are involved in these transactions, they really see how important they are. Absolutely. Um, uh, so in a way, it's almost like, like a human-centered approach to, to these real estate transactions. Did you, did you go into the industry already kind of knowing the, the role you're going to play in people's lives or did you go into it and eventually figure that out? It, it, it happened very quickly, but I went into it not realizing how 
involved I was going to be in in kind of the personal lives and how how important you know these these transactions were. I had, I I didn't have an idea going in, but quickly found out. Um, you know, my first transaction was you know these these transactions they're highly emotional. Um, and you know the first transaction I had was it was two sellers uh, that were um, you know uh, selling a home. Uh, you know, to uh, move out to Long Island, and the you know the buyers came in. She she was with child, um, you know, and uh, I think they were they were buying the home actually to renovate another home, and it was uh, the the emotions were so strong. I had no idea, but you learn very very quickly. We call it a baptism by fire. One hundred. Now, do do you primarily work with families, real estate investors, a combination of both? I, I work with a combination of both. Um, so I, I have I have families that I work with. Um, you know, we you know to 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 find homes. I have families I work with to sell homes. Um, I have families that I work with where you know I am you know the go to person within the family. You know that the, we do multiple transactions with the family. You know, parents looking to buy you know, multiple parcels for their children and the children come back and they, they want to buy for, you know, whatever reason. And I work with a lot of investors as well, you know, um, having to, and, and they're, they're different jobs, but, you know, and, and with different concerns. Um, but it, it's, mo- it's all residential. It's, you know, usually, you know, four units and below uh, for multifamilies, condos, co-ops, uh, and uh, single family homes. So, Mark, I have I have a I have a question for you. So, obviously, you've reached this level of success in your career, um, where, like you said, you handle families, you have you know a lot of high end clients. But walk us through that journey when you because looking at your background, you work for other brokerage firms, and then you decided to create your own brokerage firm, and so. Fast forward to this success. If you could go back and say, well, you know, what what made you pivot from working for somebody else's firm to start your own? And what were some of the struggles in the beginning before you, you know, achieve this success that you have? Sure. And and to be very straightforward, it's a it's a really unique thing for, uh, you know, somebody to break away and start their own brokerage. Um, and I, I, I was with a number of the larger firms and, um, you know, some medium sized firms, some, uh, larger firms and, and, and some smaller firms. And what really, you know, as I, as I kind of went on that journey, it became apparent to me that, you know, it was very important to be able to, uh, for me to kind of control the tone and, the way that I did things. And I wanted to be associated with, you know, people with, you know, similar values to me. Um, And, you know, I think values are something that we don't talk about uh, very much in these real estate transactions. And, you know, I I didn't agree with a lot of the practices uh, um, that, you know, some of these brokerages um, were involved with. Um, I didn't agree with, um, you know, some of, you know, the, the, you know, the money that's backing some of these brokerages. I, I, you know, I, I didn't want to be involved with, um, you know, industries that I didn't believe in. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, I, you can imagine, um, you know, what those, what those industries might be. 
And the more you kind of dig into it deeply, it, it really made sense that, you know, I should be, you know, my own shop and as, as a creator. And, um, you know, as we, you know, as, 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 as it was very difficult, um, you know, when you go to these big brokerages, um, you know, the benefit is that, you know, they, they deal with a lot of the, the kind of, you know, uh, annoying things, um, you know, you know, having, having the website, having, um, you know, dealing with the, the, you know, the legal things, making sure licenses are up to date, this sort of thing. But at, at the end of the day, it, it really, it made sense um, to, you know, to, to, to be doing the way, the work, the, the way that I felt that it should be done. And, um, you know, as a small brokerage, you know, we have, um, you know, all the marketing power of the big brokerages right now. And, you know, people complain about, um, you know, these bigger companies and they have, um, you know, uh, there's good parts of them and there's not so good parts of them. But for us as a small boutique company, um, you know, kind of focused on our clients and focused on representing them and fulfilling our fiduciary obligations to the highest uh, standard possible. Um, it's, it's, it's rather good because we, we compete with those big shops. We have all the marketing power that those big shops ha have, and we can give our clients, uh, you know, a huge amount of benefits. You know, one of those strongest benefits I'll say that's not talked about often is we don't practice dual agency. And, you know, in, in a real estate mm -hmm. transaction um, in the state of New York, your broker who is, you know, driving you around and bringing you to listings and you may think that he's working with you as, as the buyer and his fiduciary obligation, his or her uh, fiduciary obligation is to the buyer. That, buy, that broker, if that broker brings you to a listing that is represented by the company that they're part of, they're representing the seller most likely or they're representing both sides of the transaction. They're, they're supposed to be representing the buyer and the seller, you know, all at once. And the attorney general of New York state has said very clearly, this is a moral hazard. I mean, how do you have undivided loyalty, which is one of the tenets or fiduciary obligations of, of our practice while representing both sides of the transaction? And I, I think it's impossible. And as a boutique firm, that, that situation uh, almost it never comes up. And so, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. So, you know, that's, that's just an example of, you know, how, how, you know, the benefits that we can give the, the clientele that we represent as a boutique or small real estate brokerage. So, so um, may I ask Chris, just a quick question. So we're, we're talking a lot about values, it seems. And one of the things that you pointed out was, uh, some of the larger firms that you worked with had values that were different than yours in, in a variety of different ways. So where did you, number one, de derive your value system from? And in what ways uh, do your values differ? And, and what importance do you put on values as, as an entrepreneur? Um, my, you know, that's a really good question. And I, I hadn't thought about where my values came from, but I, I assume it like many, it's, it's, you know, it's from my family and, uh, you know, uh, growing up and, you know, um, uh, my, um, yeah, my mother emigrated here from, you know, Northern Ireland. Um, you know, they, uh, came from, uh, you know, a position that was, uh, you know, not comfortable. Mm. Um, they were, you know, persecuted. Um, they were, 
Um, you know, they had, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was a very, very hard life. Um, you know, similarly, you know, uh, my, uh, you know, ancestors emigrated here from, you know, uh, rural Poland on my father's side and, you know, came here as, you know, new Americans. And I think that, you know, kind of understanding and being grateful for, you know, having more than those people that came before them, before me, you know, particularly my mother, uh, and then trying to have that kind of, to understand that, you know, people struggle and having that compassion, I think that had a huge impact on me. And, you know, I have a great deal of sensitivity towards my clients and, you know, the emotional um, kind of ups and downs that happen with a residential real estate transaction. Mm. So I, I think it kind of developed out of that and kind of really caring and also caring for, you know, uh, my, you know, as a kind of being a fiduciary to, to my investors, you know, um, and wanting to have them to have the, the biggest outcome possible. Um, to, to summarize, you know, the differences in ethical values, you know, there are, um, there are companies that, um, you know, get backed um, by industries that I, I, I don't agree with. You know, um, I don't think that uh, money from tobacco should be used to back uh, real estate brokerages. Um, I have some some issues with some of the other industries that are the you know the the tail end of of uh, you know these brokerages as well. And you know it's 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 interesting that you know nobody is quite pure you know in in this world, right? You know um, you know we we you know the 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 same same ambulance that's powered by gasoline that's you know sending fumes up into the atmosphere it's also it's also facilitating the saving of life and the easing of suffering right um but by the same token i said well gosh you know this is you know especially with with agency and fiduciary obligations you know this this is something i can do and i i think to be quite frank with you my character is is very independent um you know uh you have to have a certain kind of grit and stubbornness that you know, just, just, uh, allies with, uh, you know, going out on your own for better, or for worse. Mm-hmm. My wife maybe could talk about some of these issues. <laughs> you might want to have her on here. <laughs> 100%. So Mark, I, I have a question for you because you said earlier that, you know, it's easier to stick with a bigger brokerage firms for obvious reasons. And you stated that, and I'm pretty sure when you started out on your own, it was challenging at first because you had to build up clientele. Probably you had to set, you know, you had to put systems in place. But if you don't mind sharing with us and the audience, um, what was some of your underlying motives, philosophies, beliefs, or mantras that helped you get to the top of your field? You know, it it it, it really is about you know. I'm not a person that's driven by money. Um, I am driven by, you know, getting, getting results. And, you know, the, the thing with getting results is it has to be more than just, um, you know, the, the outcome. It, for me, it has to be about how it's going to change somebody's life or make their life better. Um, you know, in, in acting, it was actually a very important lesson lesson in acting that, you know, if, if you, you know, we, we do these Meisner technique exercises where you'd have an emotional motivation 
And, you know, if you went up there and you'd say, you know, you do an activity, I'm doing this because I, I, I want $100,000. You know, if, if you watch that person act that out for $100,000, it's the most boring thing on the earth. You know, the money has to mean something. If it's $100,000 so that, you know, your you know, beloved daughter can um, have an operation, then it becomes about your daughter. You know, and those results have to have face with them. And, you know, part of the connection that we have is, you know, I, I see these people, I empathize with, with these people, you know, even my investors, you know, um, you know, they have children that they, they want to feed, um, you know, and we can think about the good that kind of comes out of that investment. There are people that, um, you know, they provide homes to. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, you, 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 who, you know, wouldn't be able to purchase home, who prefer to rent a home. And, you know, often, you know, there, there are people who do that badly and do that in the wrong ways, but there's a lot of people who do it the right way, who, you know, treat people well, who treat their tenants well and are fair and, you know, uh, give them, you know, something that they need, which is a home that's clean and safe and, and comfortable. Um, and when you think about all those people that are involved in those transactions and the goods that can come out of that, if it's done in a good way, you know, I, that, that, that I think, you know, that, that's kind of a driving force. I'm also a great believer. And, you know, this, this is something that's kind of, you know, guided me in my investments, uh, my personal investments in property, is that you set the tone. You know, it's what you bring into it. And we every day, you know, as a, as a student of, you know, negotiation, persuasion, and influence, you, me, everyone on earth is influencing each other in ways that we don't realize. And if you come to a transaction or, or, or a situation um, and you have good intentions, like honestly, good intentions, that sets the tone for everything, your landlord-tenant relationship, you know, the, the way that a transaction is going to unfold, the way that you're dealing with attorneys, you know, mm-hmm. co-op boards and, and the like. So mm-hmm. I think that that's my guiding principle is to think about the faces behind all those results, the faces behind the money. So you said that you are motivated and driven by results. I mean, you define results as making people's lives better or putting a face to to the transactions that you're assisting in. So this is the Success Fundamentals podcast. So at what point do you say to yourself, aha, I am successful? How would you define success? When do you feel that you've made it or you've had a job well done? You know, that's that's an excellent question. And, you know, as you know, somebody who's kind of invested in themselves, I really believe that it's important to be happy now. You know, I, I am somebody that's driven. Um, if I have to wake up at four in the morning, I don't need an alarm clock. I wake up at four in the morning. Um, you know, I like to work hard. I enjoy it genuinely. But, you know, why are we kind of, you know, uh, it's, life is so short Life is so, um, you know, important, you know, it could go away at any moment. And I think it's really important that, you know, the, you know, the, the definition of success for me 
you know, there's always going to be struggles, you know, after you get that thing you want, I don't know. Um, I like to do a Tesla Cybertruck. Okay. You want a Tesla Cybertruck? I do. $120,000. You, you write to Elon Musk every day and, you know, get, please put me first on the list. You, you, you do every favor you can to get that truck. And once you get it, you got that truck, you know, then it's like becomes about the next thing. Right. And, you know, I, I think that I, I love, um, I, I want to do things well. I'm a, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to say I'm like, maybe I'm a recovering perfectionist, but it's, it's mm-hmm. very important to me to dot the I's and cross the T's. But at the end of the day, the process has to be enjoyable and in, in, in seeing the little details and, and finding the interesting aspects. I, I'm, I'm assisting a client currently with a litigation. Wow. And, um, you know, this is, you know, this is stressful or, you know, let's, let's say there's, 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 there's many, many issues on, on, on different sides, but even finding, finding the interest in that, you know, uh, certain, you know, certain issues that come up and being interested in finding the joy, um, you know, uh, it has to be about the process and enjoying the process for me. And that, that, that's what I think real success will be because, you know, there'll, there'll be, a, there'll be something to go after, you know, next week and next year and the next 10 years. You know what, Mark? It's 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 interesting to hear you speak because we're going to get into your investing in yourself part, right? So, as you've built this incredible real estate career, you decided not only to go back to get your MBA in 2010, you decided to get two MBAs at the exact same time from two of the most prestigious schools in the world. One, my first question is, why did you decide to do that at that time? And what what skills did you learn going through that process to help you with, you know, your your career today? Well, it was at that point in my career I had um, done a fair amount of business and I had wanted to go to another level with it. And I had never had a formal uh, business education. I think I had actually a very well-rounded um, education behind before that, but never really in, in, in business. And, you know, part of the reason that I was driven to do that is so that I could, you know, find more opportunities, um, you know, offer my clients um, kind of a deeper understanding of the, you know, market forces involved, you know, the, um, you know, evaluation of, you know, uh, you know, investment properties and, and this sort of thing. So it kind of came out of that. And, you know, the the program uh, appealed to me particularly because of its uh, international scope. Um, you know, I am very, very, as you know, this as, as, as an entrepreneur, you know, very interested in, you know, how people get um, things done. And I, there's just so many ways to, you know, get to your goals. Um, you know, there's so many opportunities. Um, you know, having, uh, you know, in that, that program, um, you know, between London and New York, um, you know, we were traveling uh, every other month. 
Um, you know, it took trips. Um, we did um, kind of within our within our class of seventy two. We did uh, little mini trips, um, you know, where, you know, some, someone from a certain country would host us, you know. So we visited Moscow, uh, St. Petersburg. Um, I went to Azerbaijan. Um, I did a uh, small program in Argentina, um, you know, many places around Europe and, um, you know, took electives at Hong Kong University. And, you know, each of these trips, we were visiting businesses and seeing, gosh, you know, here's a smelting plant um, outside St. Petersburg. Um, here's a new bank in, in Baku. Um, this is how, um, you know, car insurance works, um, you know, uh, in, in, in this part of the world. It, it, was, it, was, it was just an amazing kind of well-rounded um, experience around uh, business. And out of that, you know, having an understanding of the va- time value of money. Um, and how it can be applied to to real estate, um, you know how um, how you know properties are financing financed, and you know the um, you know the you know looking at you know the different ways of making income, and it really changed the way that I looked at the world. You know, when I went out for uh, to a restaurant, it wasn't you know just oh you know they're going to bring the pizza in fifteen minutes. Go, oh my gosh, so this is this is the operation. So they have the system that goes back to the chef and. You know, they, they have the, this amount of capacity and like, oh, well, how much money could they make, per, you know, per day, you know, at this hour, you know, this, I mean, it, it just, it, it, it completely opened me up to a new way. And I, I think it's actually benefited, um, you know, the investors um, that I work with, um, you know, in tremendous ways, you know, passing off on a property the other day, we, you know, we're, we're, I was working with an investor and, you know, we had to really break down the numbers, but, you know, he was ready to pass on. I said, no, wait, let's, let's take a look at this. And, you know, looking at like comparable properties and seeing the, the income that was involved with this, we, you know, I have now the tools to kind of articulate that in simple terms to, uh, you know, to, to show value in, the, in that manner. Hmm. Um, so uh, that, also, you know that, and then then also, I'll just add one other thing. It's like it also opened me up to some of the softer skills and how to hone those softer skills. You know, uh, you know, of of selling, of you know, persuading, and uh, communication. You know what, Mark? I was going to I was going to touch on that because I know I believe it was Columbia that you had the opportunity uh, to sit down with probably the best negotiator that America or the world knows. Went in Chris Voss. So going oh. through his, co- so uh, going through his course, I think you were one like the select few of students to kind of sit down and talk to him. So walk us through how Chris Voss changed your like changed you as a business person from a negotiation standpoint. Like, what did you oh, learn I'm, from I'm, him? I'm going to correct you just a little bit. Um, I didn't meet him at Columbia, which is um, it's it's a little interesting because. Um, when when I was trained in negotiation at Columbia and, and LBS, um, you know the the kind of hallmark book is getting to yes, okay, where you have these kind of um, you know it, it, it's really it's it's really the the kind of the practical look at um, you know negotiation that it provides is you know really kind of it, it's compromise at the end 
And Chris Voss, um, when he came onto the stage, when he wrote his book, Never Split the Difference, uh, which I, is kind of, I think, a direct poke at, um, you know, getting to yes, which I believe, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that was actually written by a Columbia professor. Um, I, think so. had, I think so. I think it was. Maybe. So, you know, Chris came in as, you know, kind of a, you know, a non-Ivy League guy. He was teaching at, at, at Harvard, I guess. And, um, you know, never split the difference. Don't split the difference. What this Batna stuff? No. You, and, 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 and somebody that, you know, came out of that, and, and I really thought that the world worked based on rational aspects. Like, okay, if this person's going to get more, then they're going to act in this, this manner. Um, you know, this invisible hand that kind of moves markets, you know, um, that, you know, the people see an opportunity, so they move to the opportunity. That makes sense. Chris, um, with that book, you know, threw all that out the door. You know, people are not rational human beings. And to get through to them in these life or death negotiations and then consequently, you know, non-life or death negotiations where it's about dollars and cents, it's, it's about getting through to them and showing something that he calls tactical empathy. And um, this just opened my world incredibly. That, you know, it's about the people, it's about their emotions, um, you know, when you're negotiating with them. And you need to get through to them. People want to be understood. And they want to be understood even more than, you know, anything else on this earth. Um, and that, that's, that's really what, it, it, changed, it changed me again. Um, you know, that book and then subsequently the, uh, the course that I did with him personally. For me, it was like meeting, you know, it was like meeting Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, after I read that book, I was like, oh, wow. You know, I was like, this, 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 this. And we had, we had like veggie sandwiches together and, and we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, other great negotiators. It was like my dream. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> I love this. So if someone, Mark, were listening to this episode, because you, you dropped a lot of, uh, a lot of gems for people to take from a, not only a success standpoint, but just from a business standpoint. But if someone who is listening to this and they want to get into the world of real estate, they they are they may be working at a brokerage firm. They're like, you know what? I like what Mark has done. He he took he took the leap of faith. He started his own. He's become successful. What advice would you give that person who wants to start out on their own? Yeah, I, you know, I, 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 one thing I would not say to them is that you have to do it the way that I did it. Um, the, one of the best parts of this job is there's a lot of ways to a uh, successful place. You know, I have, um, you know, I would say that I think that the number one uh, kind of value add that you have as an agent or a broker is protecting your clients and you have to do everything that you can to protect them from all the possible pitfalls that could occur in these transactions. And I think that that's really going to be what, you know, saves our career, you know, into the, into the ages is that you, there's, there's always going to be something that can happen that, you need somebody with experience to look out for. Um, and I, I think that's, that's really the number one piece is that your clients are the way to 
success, um, protecting them, and building the business or the career around that. Um, you know, I, 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 that's what I would say to somebody looking at this. So, Mark, this was awesome. I mean, as Chris said, not only did you give us some insights on your philosophy of success, but you actually gave us some tactical advice for your industry as well. And, and, and I really appreciate that. So as we begin to wrap it up, what would you say for you is just the bottom line on success if you were to sum it up? The bottom line. I, I'd say that success is something that exists in your head. You know, it's, it's something that, you know, you have to be comfortable with at the end of the day. You're the one that has to go to bed, you know, with yourself. You're the one that has to look yourself in the mirror. And if you are comfortable with, you know, what you have done, you know, the work that you've done, if you feel good about it, I think that that's going to, you know, help you, your life, the people around you. There was this beautiful tapestry a friend of mine had, which is, you know, it says, if there's peace in the, uh, the hearth, there will be peace in the home. If there's peace in the home, there'll be peace in the village. If there's peace in the village, there'll be peace in the state. If there's peace in the state, There'll be peace in the country and so on. So there's peace in the world. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it, I don't want to dismiss the question, but it's, it should be in the doing. You know, this life is too short not to feel like you have meaning in your, you know, everyday life. And, uh, you know, we should be happy with ourselves today. It's, it, you know, yes, things could get better. They could get worse, but it's, it's really success exists in your head and, you know, you have to feel good about that. And I think taking that honest look and, um, you know, uh, you know, arranging your life in a way that you feel comfortable, that you feel is right. I think that that's kind of what I would say is the number one, um, bottom line of success. Mark, I love that. I love that. So. Where, where can people find you drop, you know, let us, you know, on social media, you know, give us some of your, your handles. Sure. You know, uh, Mark Malik, uh, com. That's a great place. It has a, has a bio about me. Um, you know, people can reach me, uh, me at Mark com. you know, LinkedIn. Um, we're setting up a Facebook page. Um, we may be changing to the Malik group um, as I've uh, taken on some more people. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, I love meeting with people on per- in person over Zoom. You know, part of my business process, we always start with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Um, you know, I love to talk to people about real estate. If you have a real estate problem, I'd love to meet you. Um, so I would say reach out to me there and set up a meeting. You know, uh, you know, we, at the end of the day, we just want to help people. It's, it's never this strong arm kind of sales practice. So I'd encourage the people to reach out, um, you know, set up a meeting, uh, you know, hour, hour and a half and, uh, tell me about your real estate problems and I'll, I'll see what I can do about them. 
I love that. I love that. Well, little, little low tech, but uh, <laughs> low tech is no, nice. that's low tech is perfect. That's perfect. Well, Mark, thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule to have this conversation with us. Um, yes. You know, audience, we hope you enjoyed this uh, edition of the Success Fundamentals podcast, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Success Fundamentals podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe rate and leave a review. 